Let's talk about the numbers of um, registered security officers across the country. CIRA, of course, which is the Private Security Industry Regulator Authority, has released some of its numbers, and that figure sits at 2.4 million million people, uh, rather. These are the security officers that are registered across the country. Even though not all of those people who are registered are in active employment, that number seems to far exceed the number of police officials that we have on the payroll. Why does that matter? Is it a good or a bad thing? Well, actually, uh, yeah, we don't actually have a choice because the police officers that we have is very, very, for a country like this, with levels of crime and especially violent crime like this, we actually only have a police service. You know, officially they refer to 187,000 plus minus. But basically, um, there is only real police officers is only 147,000. Yeah, the, the official figure uh, for the, the last official figure was 187,358. And uh, of those, only 147,070 is uh, commissioned officers and, 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 and non-commissioned officers, people which are not appointed under the Public Services Act but under the Police Act. So if we take that figures, that is just not enough. You know, sometimes uh, experts say, yeah, but we compare well with the world, but we must also compare our crime with the world. And given our crime levels in South Africa and uh, our public order problems, uh, we, we need many, many more police officers like that, like, uh, that than, we had, uh, than we have. But um, the problem is now people are buying security. Mm. They feel they are not, they don't see the police. I never see them in my, in my area. And um, so you, you, if you have money, you buy literally your, your, your security from the security companies. And I suppose that becomes then one of the challenges of, of the situation that, yes, even though there's this you know high number of security officers, where you will find them very much will follow the patterns of where capital in this country sits. That's, that's correct, the people who can afford it. Because it is, it is it is expensive. Security is very expensive, mm. uh, and you pay a lot on for security companies. But you also have to pay for you know your alarm systems, your camera systems, your and 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 it's only the rich and middle class people who can afford that. Dr. De Kock, what do we know about who the people behind? Um, some of these security companies are in the sense that why do they seem to be such a lucrative option or um, a viable option for South Africans who are nervous about their safety? Uh, The people behind the companies, well, some of these companies are massive companies, Mm. quite big, and um, many of the people uh, started small and they built a company and um, I don't know personally the people behind these companies, but there's also even uh, in some of the cases, 
there is um, a foreign companies which have, uh, if, if we can call it a branch here in South Africa. Do you think that this high number contributes at all to South Africa being a safer country? No, I think I, I, my view is that clearly, uh, if it wasn't for the security companies, our crime would have been even more out of control. Um, uh, I'm uh, at least in the richer areas, and that is why you you see higher crime levels in the poorer areas, mm. because there that's the only thing that people can do is to uh, trust the police or to 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 call the police, or what we see in some areas in some of the bigger bigger townships and areas where crime is really out of control, like Kailicha, there you see a lot of vigilantism. Uh, you, you see, the problem is even if we look at the number of our police force and we say, oh, police service, and we say, look, let's say 150,000 people who can potentially do prevention, do detection, do intelligence. Um, a lot of our police officers in uniform, I'm not even talking of the public service staff, mm. uh, are sitting at the station. They are there behind, behind the counter of the community service center. People go there to get stamps, you know, to get affidavits. Um, <laughs> all of those things. Mm. And, um, and, and, and if you go, if I go to my local police station, I will find all the police there. But if I look at my streets and I drive through the street or walk through the streets, I literally don't see a police vehicle. But I see a lot of security company vehicles. I mean, that that, that I see every five minutes. Mm, mm, mm. And um, and I think if they were not there, then our crime, even in that area, in the in the richer areas, would have been even worse. At well, least. We're in conversation with Dr. Chris de Kock and we're looking at the increasing number of security officers, uh, that number far outweighing the number of police officers in the country. And we're reflecting on what this means, particularly just for the state of security in South Africa, but also is, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing, um, the fact that this is the state of affairs? We'll continue uh, the conversation on the talking point. You can also so dial us up on 011-714-2006 to be part of the conversation. We continue our conversation with Dr. Chris DeCock. So, Dr. DeCock, you mentioned, you know, just the, the way in which often you see private security guards that are doing patrols in communities, um, especially your richer and your suburban areas, and who seem to, to be more visible on the ground than police officers. What does that mean for the way in which the law is enforced? Because these they don't have the same powers as the police, and yet in, in some respects they're taking on those functions. Yeah, they don't have the same powers, and uh, they uh, and they can't do exactly what the police are doing. But I think they concentrate on visibility. There, I mean, they're, they're, it's not against the law to be visible. Mm. And I think that is their main function. And if they see something uh, going wrong, something is happening, then they have some powers to do a civilian arrest. 
and uh, or they can call the police. And the police are actually seeing them as a force multiplier. And I think that is the bad side of the story, is that you don't see the police are now saying, look, but um, there's so many security companies in this nicer area, and uh, we don't have to do patrols. We can actually work here at the station and do other things. Mm-hmm. because um, ach, there's 10 security companies with 30 vehicles in this beautiful area. Now, if I can just take you back in history a little bit. The police, I think, is not concentrating on prevention anymore. And this is actually their main function. If you take the eight years, 2002, uh, three four to 2011-12, that's an eight-year period. In those days, there was, there was a lot of visibility, police visibility, based on the crime pattern analysis, based on intelligence, basically. And in those years, we had the following decreases. And I'm only going, I have got about 10 here, but I will only refer to one or two um, important ones. Carjackings. Carjackings down with 31.7% in those years. Uh, house robberies, a very, very sensitive crime, a crime which creates a lot of um, fear. That one down with, with uh, no, no, sorry, no, 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 I've got the wrong one. Street robbery, street robbery. Mm. Street robbery is a robbery which actually, you know, if you have visibility, you won't have street robbery. Street robbery down with 45%. Murder down with 21.5%. Now, in the eight years after that, that was the eight years which which things where there was a lot of prevention. The police were under the command of the late uh, Commissioner Jackie Salebi, and then after that, Taylor. Now, if we take after the time uh, 2011-12 to 20. Uh, 1920, the the eight years after that first eight years, we just see increases everywhere. To start off with street robbery, street robbery up with 43.5%, and murder up with 37% in that period. And that is because we don't see visibility in that. Visibility based on intelligence, on information. Uh, because now security companies have taken over that role of visibility, although they don't always have the intelligence because the police don't share it with them. So, 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 so do, do you think that there is room for these two industries to be working together? Yeah, I think they can work together. I think... Um, uh, they, 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 um, the only thing is what, I'm, what is worrying me is they can work together and they can and they can give the public a much better service. The only problem I've got a one or two problems. The first one, these are for the richer areas. Mm. The poor areas like Kailicha, Tembiza, and we can go on and on. Those areas don't have the money to pay for security. So at least there the police must have high levels of visibility. At least there they must have high levels of visibility because that is where the crime are generated. These street robberies occur in those areas. And and there's also and the issue murders. there's also the issue, Doctor De Kock, of, of a dereliction of duty. That you know, 
even without private security, the police functions should be seen and felt in communities. So it shouldn't yeah. be necessary to have private security. And, and yeah. the point that you made earlier is, is important because people are not getting private security because they want to, but it's because they have to. Yeah. No, that is true. I mean, we, we are paying taxes. Every citizen in this country are paying some tax. Mm. And, um, and that tax, one of the functions of the state, actually, I think the main function of the state is to provide for safety and security. And that should be provided by the prevention of crime, not only by the investigation of crime. It doesn't help us we have uh, 22,000 murders. If we could have prevented it uh, like we did, like we did in, in the 2000s, late 2000s, uh, if we, if we uh, prevented it, the, the, the murder figure came down from 23,000 when I joined the South African Police Service back in 95. And in that eight years that I've just referred to, I've just completed this analysis, murder came down to about 15,000, mm. which means that we have prevented more murders. Now, if you don't do the prevention function, if you are not visible based on information, if the police are not doing that function because they say, oh, the security companies can do it, then um, then we, we see these figures rising again. All right. And this creates more insecurity, mm. so people are even paying more for security. For security. Dr. De Kock, we're yeah. going to continue our conversation after the uh, 1030 News headlines. I also see a couple of callers lined up, and I'll be taking their calls in a bit. And Musa is standing by with your latest headlines. Taking a look at your markets this hour, the rand is trading at 15 rand 24 to the dollar, 20 rand 49 to the pound, and 17 rand 32 to the euro. Markets in Asia ended mainly firmer. The JSE is higher in mid-morning trade. Markets in Europe are slightly up at this hour, while gold is trading at $1,865, platinum $1,090 per ounce. The price of Brent crude oil is at $82.80 a barrel. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're focusing on the rapid growth of the private security sector in South Africa and how that compares with the uh, capacity that is available in our police service. It seems to uh, now far outweigh the police service in as far as the human from the human resource uh, perspective, but also a lot of people coming on board uh, just to take up private security, not for the protection of their businesses or their homes, but also for for personal protection. Uh, South Africa is seeing an increase of those who are signing up to have private uh, security guards who protect themselves and 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 their families. Uh, so where, where does this leave the work of the police? And what happens for particularly those areas where we know there, there isn't the same access to resources because it is in your suburban areas that you're likely and, and your urban centers that you're likely to find the presence of a private security. But where there is that gap, we see it reflected in the crime numbers and where South Africa 
experiences the highest levels of crime in communities. Uh, Dr. Krista Cork is still on the line. Let me go to Anonymous. You're calling us from KZN. Good morning. Good morning to you, Kathy, and to your guest as well. I just want to say, you know, the security companies, they charge between 200 and 300, depending uh, on who they, uh, on how experienced they are. But they charge between 200 and 300 a month, which is much cheaper because you don't pay uh, all the other fees uh, that comes with it, holiday pay and whatever. So you just pay 200 rands a month or 300, whatever, uh, you know. And uh, uh, the security companies, uh, they apprehend and they hand over to the police. The police then take the credit of they got so many people they apprehended so many people. They don't say so many security companies have apprehended. Mm -hmm. They don't credit the security companies. And they take it upon themselves that they have apprehended so many people, they have charged so many people, and this and that and that. But, uh, but with all due respect, we also have the CPF. Now, when we have the CPF, they should have turns. They should have the security company, CPF, all work together, and then certain time to certain time, the security company, certain time to certain, will monitor the streets. Right? Uh, but they don't do that. You, uh, the security company, you have a security company. Uh, they're much cheaper than the police because the police gets like 5,000 plus other perks. Right? So uh, they're much cheaper. Although everybody can't afford them, but mm -hmm. they're really much cheaper. We have security companies. But, and when you and call them, they yeah. come very quickly. And, and, and I think, Anonymous, one of the areas where you see... Uh, just the lack of capacity in the police services that even when these arrests are being made or if you've had a break-in at your house and they're the first people to respond, the police still need to investigate it. I don't know about you, but I've never opened a case at the police station and gotten a call back from a single police officer who was investigating the matter. Yeah, it has never happened. Me, I, I agree with you. That happened to me many times, Kathy, when you, uh, you uh, that's why I don't lay a charge anymore. If somebody stole a few things from my yard, I just let it go. A few times I had burglaries, but I never report the matter because they're not going to investigate it. Mm, okay. It's a waste of time. They're going to ask me who's the person. I didn't see the person. It was dark. Mm. You know, then they come at night when they have to burgle. They don't come. Sometimes they come during the day when you're not around. So how do you identify the person? All right, Anonymous. Even if you have a camera, you, even if you have a camera, you can't identify a person. Ladies, they broke in next door. Mm. Right? And they stole all shoes. The ladies got eight cameras. But you can't identify the burglar. Nobody can identify the burglar. But I identified the burglar because I saw him during the day. So I went and told her I'm not the burglar. He works at the car wash. Anonymous, Next let's leave her. it there. Okay, well, let's leave so it much. there. Thanks for the call. Uh, Dick Foslin, you're from the Alternative Information and Development Center, it says. Uh, good morning. Yeah, good morning to you. Yes. Yeah. So, no, I called in. I came in late in the show, but uh, I heard your... your Dr. Koki spoke about the need for more police. Mm. It seems like like the the media and and the people in general, or the trade unions for that matter, they are not aware of the budget vote uh, this year in February in, in March. Uh, there is a three-year plan, or the parliament voted in favor of reducing the the the, the police force with 18,400 officers. Yes, we saw uh, that, Dick. Hey, uh, have, have you mentioned that? Have you talked about this? We've, a, we've, we've talked about it a number police. of times on the show. Not today, but mm. we've talked about it previously, yeah. 
Ah, okay, okay. Mm. So I yeah, mean, no. you, you can control in a document called estimates of national expenditure. It's vote 28, and there you see that that uh, all in all, uh, national employment, and this is the text of, of this harsh austerity of the Treasury and the government. 22,000 in national employment will 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 go away. And then you can calculate for nurses and teachers. You can see that another about 38,000 people. That's the plan of reduction. So there's no plan of, of increasing or whatever. Uh, the plan is to further privatize uh, security in the country. So it was just that. Mm. And, and, and do you think that that's a good or a bad thing, Dick? There's a, of course, extremely bad. Mm. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't trust the South African police, but the, also the IPID, for example, they have, will have their staff cut with 13%, which in their case is 56 people over three years. Yeah. It's all there in the document. You can just uh, read it in the table personnel, and then you see the planned uh, uh, deductions. So I'm, I'm, I'm very... You get you get really sick when you see in the local election when political parties are speaking about that they will increase the number of police in Johannesburg. There will be no such thing with this austerity policy. Mm. The, the the objective is quite the opposite, uh, and that of course I mean even the court will have their staff reduced with about 850 people. So, I mean, maybe that also gives space for another market of private prosecution. Mm. But, I mean, there's privatization across the land, even when it comes to basic things uh, like, like security in the country. And, and, uh, and uh, you, you can't get rid of, I mean, this will take place by retrenchment or people who are, are sort of leaving the force or, or dying naturally. But, of course, it has nothing to do about... Uh, you don't get a less corrupt police force by reducing the number of police. Uh, instead, you will have the private sector to move in. And you have private companies now who are commanding armies of four or 5,000 people. Uh, so, and I don't think that, and they are not, nevertheless, of corruption and so on, but they are much less accountable, of mm, course, mm, than people mm. in official and, 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 and state employment. Yeah. So it's a very bad development. And that is why the austerity has to be be fought by, by, by civil society or and by the union. Okay, Dick. Why not the unions in the police? Let's leave it there for this morning. Dick Foslin uh, from the Alternative Information and Development Center there. Uh, and I suppose, Dr. De Kock, you know, like I was saying, this is, this is a conversation we've had previously um, that you, you then, with these limited resources in the police service, you still see that the allocations that is given to VIP protection versus that of just ordinary policing, that continues to vary. So we don't ever see in the budget where there's a cut of the security detail that perhaps um, public officials are going to be um, eligible, uh, that are going to be protecting them or that they're eligible for. We don't see reductions there, but we see reductions everywhere else. Yeah. Now, that's, that's shocking. That's actually shocking. Because, um, I mean, I can understand uh, some people have to be protected, the ministers and the president and so on. But, 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 but I mean, why don't you... But there's some other areas like uh, crime prevention and uh, even, even detectives, but, but I especially emphasize crime prevention. Because if we don't start the serious thing on crime prevention we will just see these levels of crime increasing, increasing every year 
until a time where we will live in a very, very bad society. Mm. Now, um, now, 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 they, they, they cut. They also cut on public order policing, which uh, we have seen in July, uh, is very necessary. Now, um, now, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think uh, it seems we are going nowhere. What are the dangers of that for for overall policing in the country, Doctor De Kock? What is there? The dangers, the dangers of this, uh, you know, a declining force. Well, there, there's, there's there's lots of dangers. A declining force will give us higher and higher levels of crime. A declining force of, of police service will definitely, in the poorer areas, have a massive, massive effect because there the people don't have the money to pay for the security. So uh, they, their circumstances will just become even worse. Mm. I've, I've referred to the figures of street robbery. Can you imagine you walk, uh, you have to use the transport like bus or taxi or train you travel from a place like Kailicha in the morning to the city. You go and work and you come late at night. You come back at home and you walk the streets and the alleys of that, that area. You will be, there will be no protection at all. Doctor so Duk- the, yeah. the, the consequences and the consequences will just be that the richer people will buy, will buy more security. Uh, and, uh, and 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 in in some areas it will be a situation of vigilantism. That the only solution will be vigilantism. You mm-hmm. can't blame the people then. Dr. Christopher Cook, we're going to leave it there for this morning. He is an independent crime and violence analyst. So uh, we're going to maybe let's.